0: Thank you very much, guys. Let's start with the stockouts. Community Update here with our friend and uh, Texan, Mike bounda as he joins us uh, from Dallas. Mike, thanks so much for joining us. You had uh, Phil Schmidbauer of ODW Logistics on your show uh, this past week, and Kind of interesting with what the other guys were talking about in the carrier update. Uh, just wanted to get your thoughts on what he talked about as well as the idea of CPG, knowing that we've gone through quote, this peak period that wasn't so much of a peak period.
1: Yeah, so I mean, sort of building on what was just discussed. um, I mean, really, I asked him about if he saw any evidence of the freight market improving. Really, hadn't he said any sort of um, sort of recent you know improvements in data was sort of a end of the month uh, phenomenon at the end of June into the holiday, and didn't think that was really sustainable. So things were going to be in sort of a loose freight market for some time. So, so that was um, you know interesting. There, Um, I also talked to him a lot about. Um, you know, what CPG companies are doing as far as uh, trying to build resilience into their supply chain, which seems to be kind of the topic of the hour in CPG. They went through all this this period um, during COVID where they didn't have the right ingredients. They didn't have the right packaging material. They had the wrong, um, you know, uh, inventory in the wrong places. And uh, the CPG companies are talking about just adding all these resi- uh, uh, um, resiliency to networks, um, things like adding redundancy to Suppliers taking out extra inventory of maybe having multiple warehouses, maybe having dis- distribution centers that are right near their big customers, maybe even manufacturing in different locations versus having a centralized manufacturing point. Um, so, uh, you know, you can make sure that those have, have high in-stock rates. So I asked Phil about those things and um, got an interesting perspective. He thought that a lot of that stuff just makes the supply chain more complex which can actually lead to more issues. having more like distribution centers in more places just means you have oftentimes the inventory in the wrong places, which has to be moved around and just adds to more costs. So you do have to sort of weigh the desire to not go through some of those supply chain crunch issues again versus the the, the cost. And you know his perspective was make supply chains as simple as possible. the simpler they are, the less that can go wrong. And you do see some CPG companies, you know, doing that. And, and really sort of the, the main way that I've seen them do that is by cutting SKUs where a lot of these C- big CPG companies, they've done number of acquisitions of, of, of brands over the years and they're big in certain categories and they look at, this, at the SKUs that aren't moving and they cut those SKUs with the thought process that those customers that buy those SKUs will just gravitate to or towards another product that that company sells. I'm thinking about things like packaged coffee where you have the J.M. Smucker Company owns you know, a large portion of the, the, the packaged coffee. They can cut some of them and, and, and those consumers will buy an alternative product sold by that same company. So I thought that was um, a, an interesting perspective there.
0: Definitely an interesting
1: perspective, and an episode that everyone that's tuning in should definitely watch if they haven't already. And Mike, when we're talking about CPG, how does that world mesh with shortline rail? Well, shortline rail is, <laughs> is something different altogether, I and mean, there might be a little bit overlap in terms of uh, getting uh, some of the, the, the raw ingredients on, on the short lines. But um, I want to talk about short lines here also because did a, a show last week. Uh, Joanna Marsh and I interviewed Chuck Baker. Uh, Chuck Baker is the president of the American Short Line and Regional Railroad Association on our show, PSR, People Speaking Rail. And so that's the the organization that represents the short line railroads. There's about 600 short line railroads. So those are the rail branches that the class one railroads were allowed to divest uh, when the railroad industry was uh, deregulated and the reason for their existence is to really provide excellent customer service in the first and final miles of a railroad move. So they might move the products from you know one particular shipper, let's say thirty miles with Class One, and the Class One takes it you know a thousand miles or something like that. So you know some of the takeaways from that discussion is that they're seeing service getting uh, quite a lot better on the railroads, particularly CSX was the one that, that they called out as being. Ahead uh, of the, the the competitors so i thought that was I- encouraging that the, you know chuck baker was was encouraged by um what he's hearing from the new crop of class one railroad ceos a lot of those are uh, customer focused um you know thinking about things like growing the revenue I mean, you think about short line railroad really is dependent on class ones for service they sort of think about service the same way a shipper does because their their competition is um, you know really the, the highway, which is why the the class uh, the the shortline railroads are you know very much opposed to having uh, new rules to allow um, you know larger you know heavier trucks. They also have a number of other um, sort of objectives in Washington D.C. like uh, preventing the mandate of a two-person crew because shortlines um, have long used one-person crew, and then they're against these what they consider to be very unreasonable. Um, propo- proposals for electric locomotives, which really would particularly not make sense in a short-line railroad operation because of cost.
0: Mike, as you look at short-line railroad, or sorry, the, the, the class ones, I should say, in terms of the fact that we, in, in the not-too-distant past, uh, we've seen obviously the big merger, uh, CPKC becoming uh, much larger, obviously still small compared to the rest. But Um, We haven't heard that many mergers or that many acquisitions of ShortLine to some of these larger Class 1s. Is that an area that, do you see ShortLine as having good health moving forward, or is uh, that possibly a new frontier there for the Class 1s to continue to snap up entities and try and improve their networks?
1: Well, I mean, historically, the Class 1s have divested a lot of these ShortLine railroads. I don't know that they're interested in doing that. I mean, we have seen over the years is these ShortLine holding companies, Acquire lots of um, shortline railroads that they sort of group into a region. The biggest one of those is a company called Genesee in Wyoming, which owns over a hundred shortline railroads. A lot of them are are, are you know close together in, in in certain regions. And the advantage of that um, ownership structure is that the holding companies can uh, provide synergies as far as a lot of the back office. Um, you know, accounting. Uh, you know, all of those sort of support functions. But operationally, the the, the short line railroads are run very um, similarly to if they were independent. So you may see um, more of the short line holding uh, companies acquire more of the the, the short lines. Um, maybe some of those holding companies will 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 merge. So I, I think you'll see some of that, but but not so much the the class one railroads acquiring uh, short lines. Mike, tons of great information in this short segment. If people want to find your next episode, where can I do that? and can you give us a little bit of a sneak peek for it. Yeah, so have a number of uh, guests um you know coming up in 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 the coming weeks for the stock out. Um, a lot of you know other logistics companies so we can get an additional perspective on um, what they view as a great way to build a sort of balance of uh, resilience and and cost. so ITS logistics have them coming up on a, on a upcoming show. Smart Hop, which is a fleet management software um, platform, and then Wagner Logistics. So a lot of you know companies that have ideas for how CPT companies can um, you know run their transportation networks efficiently.
0: Looking forward to that ITS show. We had uh, uh, Phil Brasher on Brightwaves uh, well, now on Friday from ITS there as well. Um, Mike, thanks so much for joining yeah. us, and we will look forward to the episode later on. Okay, great, thank you. All right, Mike Bowden, just joining us for our community segment here for uh, the Stockout and CPG. We'll take a short break. We'll come back with more FreightWaves now, right after this.